Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Football coverage continues now. Gives to Estime. He leaps at the one and goes over the stripe. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Close snap, hands off inside to Estime. 10 5. He'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. It is 6.36 on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Beat being brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser. Also by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. And Bowlers Country Club. We've got Cubby Corner coming up at the top of the hour. An inside look at South Bend Cubs baseball. The Cubbies are idle today. South Bend will take on those Peoria Chiefs over in the land of Lincoln starting tomorrow here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, it was a fascinating weekend for Notre Dame football recruiting. Fighting Irish first picked up a flip. They added 2024 three-star wide receiver Logan Saldate, who was a commitment to Oregon State, but now has joined Notre Dame's 2024 commitment list, which is right now sitting at 22. Number 22 was a big one. This was as big of a story as we have had in some time surrounding Notre Dame football recruiting as they got a massive commitment from a four-star linebacker from California, Kingston Villamaasa, who picked the Fighting Irish over Ohio State and USC and KVA, basically is sitting in the backyard of USC, but he picks South Bend and the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. My friends have been there and supported me along this journey, uh, all the people that I'm here with today. And uh, you know, with that being said, I also want to thank uh, the coaches who took the time to recruit me and pour uh, into me and my family. Um, develop relationships that are going to go long beyond this decision, and I'm just thankful. But uh, that being said, um, I'm blessed, thankful, and I'm excited to see what God has in store for me in this next chapter of my life at the University of Notre Dame. <laughs> Took a big, deep breath before he said the University of Notre Dame. Just seconds before he said Notre Dame, he glanced at three hats in front of him, Notre Dame, USC, Ohio State, and he glanced over at the Notre Dame hat, I think just making sure which one he was going to grab, and of course grabbed the correct one. 
So when you watched the video as it happened, I think it was on 24-7 Sports, you saw him glance over at the Notre Dame hat, and then moments later he grabbed that hat and said he is South Bend bound. So Marcus Freeman, I think, has done an amazing job with linebacker recruiting since he joined the Fighting Irish football program. You think about some of the linebackers that are on the roster, also players that are coming to the roster. It's been a really good haul the last couple of years for Marcus Freeman, including the last two years as the head coach of this Fighting Irish football program. KVA 6'2", 235 pounds, on three industry ranking, the number eight linebacker in the class of 2024, and also player number 109 overall. When you watch the film, it's hard to imagine there are that many players better than him. This kid is just highly impressive playing against great teams out in California. 111 tackles last year in 13 games, eight and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. Again, great speed, physical. You can see him going sideline to sideline. They used him as a blitzer last year in high school. He had a delayed blitz on one of the video clips. If you go to the Blue and Gold YouTube channel, Mike Singer and Mike Goolsby, the former Irish linebacker, spent about 10 minutes a reaction to this announcement. And you watch some of the film that they were talking over. There's just three or four clips in. He's just sitting back in his middle linebacker spot and just explodes into the line of scrimmage and took down the quarterback. Highly impressive. And you see him read the quarterback's eyes running to his right. He steps in front of receiver, picks it off, and takes it to the house for a touchdown. But physical, yeah, it showed up. You know, for being 235, extremely athletic with great speed. This is a very exciting player. As I said earlier on the program, he's listed as a four-star. I don't care about that. He looks like a difference-making player, and that's all that matters to me. And you see him play great football again against elite competition down there in Southern California. And to get this guy away from Lincoln Riley and USC, knowing that he's sitting in their backyard, makes us even sweeter. Mike Singer of Blue and Gold in that interview you can watch on their YouTube channel mentioned that Ohio State was pretty cocky. They felt like they had this guy and Notre Dame swooped in and got him. Mike Goolsby knows what it takes to play linebacker at the University of Notre Dame, a kid out of Joliet Catholic, played with the Fighting Irish 20 years ago and does work for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. And during that rapid reaction with Mike Singer, Mike wanted to get Mike's thoughts on KVA joining this Fighting Irish class of 2024. And as you will hear, Mike is as excited about this guy as I am. First reaction, Michael, is Justin Scott who? Um, and second reaction, we just found our future Mike linebacker. And Singer, if this kid doesn't start as a true freshman, I'd be shocked. And I, and I truly mean this. And I did a little bit of research. You know, he kind of reminded me of somebody. It's Noah Sewell. So Noah Sewell was a stud linebacker, Mike linebacker, recently drafted fifth-round pick, Chicago Bears. Noah Sewell was a five-star. Noah Sewell played in Utah in terms of his high school ball. Went back and watched Noah Sewell's senior film 
KVA is a better player than Noah Sewell was based off of KVA's junior year juxtaposed against Noah Sewell's senior year film. KVA is a special player. Um, He's got the size to play inside linebacker, has a tremendous feel for the game. And I forgot to mention the kid plays high school ball. You know this, California, Florida, Texas. This kid's playing alpha A ball in California, can do it all, can cover the pass, can play the inside run. And the thing is, he's very stout, but he can cover ground. He can suck in running backs. Um, I'd be shocked if the kid doesn't get on the field as a true freshman. Thrilled. Yeah, there you go. That's Mike Goolsby, the former Irish linebacker, courtesy of Blue and Gold Illustrated and their Blue and Gold YouTube channel. Check out the entire interview with Mike Singer and Mike Goolsby. Again, Blue and Gold YouTube channel. It's a really, really good conversation. Again, you get the video highlights of KVA, and you can make your own judgment, but I really liked what I saw in the clips that they showed during that conversation. Mike will join me on tomorrow's program here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT as normal Tuesday, 6.15 time slot. We'll talk about KVA. We'll talk about the wide receiver Logan Saldate flipping from Oregon State to Notre Dame and whatever else is happening in Notre Dame football recruiting. Mike Singer joins me again tomorrow in the 6 o'clock hour here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's 644. We'll have some sports wagering talk coming up next on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. And a diving catch by Notre Dame. Benjamin Morrison. Three interceptions on the day. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Intercepted on the 45-yard line. So Reek Bracey. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. He will score. 10-5 touchdown. Benjamin Morrison. 95 yards out. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. I'm Darren Pritchett. Our Notre Dame football opponent preview today is with the United States Naval Academy midshipmen. Last year, the Middies went 4 and 8, they faced the Fighting Irish. And on a neutral field, the midshipmen were a 16-point underdog, fell behind big in the ball game, and then, of course, held Notre Dame to 12 yards of total offense in the second half and almost pulled off a stunning upset, but Notre Dame ended up winning 35-32. to During that 4-8 campaign, Navy had victories at East Carolina 23-20. They beat Tulsa 53-21 a 27-20 home win over Temple, and they won at Central Florida 17-14. The losses, well, a opening loss to FCS Delaware 14-7. They got drilled by Memphis 37-13. The midshipmen lost a game to Air Force on the road 13-10. 
They lost at SMU 40-34, a home loss to Houston 38-20. They were a big underdog at Cincinnati, kept it close. The Bearcats only beat Navy 20-10, as I referred to Notre Dame, winning 35-32. And then that tough double overtime loss to their rival Army 20-17. In 2023, the midshipmen returned eight starters on offense and nine on defense, but things look a whole lot different in Annapolis. Brian Newberry is the new head coach of the midshipmen after Ken Nuiamatalo, I knew I'd blow it, Ken Niamatololo was let go after 15 years on the job. Just 11 wins over the last three years for Coach Ken. Newberry was Navy's defensive coordinator each of the last four years. When you think about Navy, you think about their offense and their triple option attack. Last year, the midshipmen only averaged 21.9 points per game, 327 yards of total offense. This is an offense that you wouldn't be shocked to see average over 300 rushing yards per game. Last year, Navy at just 241 rushing yards per game. And they also posted 86 passing yards per contest. They have a new offensive coordinator in Grant Chestnut. He comes from Kennesaw State, where he was their offensive coordinator the last nine years. Now, when you think of Navy, yes, it is all about running the football. And they want to be able to run the football highly successfully again this year. But there is a bit of an expectation that Navy's going to look a little different. They might use their running game out of different formations this year. Now, option is still going to be a part of what they do, but we might see some different looks from Navy under Chestnut. And there is an expectation that the midshipmen might try to throw the football a little bit more than normal this year, which leads to a thought, what direction are they going to go at the quarterback position. Remember a few years ago, Keenan Reynolds was just perfect as Navy's quarterback, just an outstanding runner of the football. He could fling it as well. Things a little different right now. They could go with what I would call status quo. They could bring back their quarterback who got injured last year, Ty Lavatai, or they could go with a sophomore like Tedros Gleaton to take over this offense. Now they do have their top receiver back now we know wide receivers in the navy system are more known for blocking but Jaden umbarger led the team in receptions and yards last year with 16 and 265 their offensive line navy brings back a pretty good group of offensive linemen they return seven of their top 10 but they do lose Two starting offensive linemen, a right tackle in Kip Franklin and center David Hickson. Notre Dame had 11 pressures against Navy last year. Now their leading rusher was Daba Fofana. He's back once again this year for Navy. 186 attempts last year for 841 yards and six touchdowns. Fofana had some pretty good performances in 2022. He had 159 yards against the Tulsa Hurricane. His second best day was against the Fighting Irish, posting 133 yards. And Fofana against Central Florida came up with 114 rushing yards. Definitely a guy Notre Dame will want to keep in check in Dublin. 
Anton Hall's the backup. Got a lot of carries last year for Navy. 89 rushes for 394 yards. Now to the defensive side of the football, where last year Navy allowed 24.3 points per game, 339 yards of total offense. What stood out about Navy was their rush defense. It ended up being one of the best in the country. They allowed just 89 rushing yards per game, 3.0 yards per carry. And as I'll explain in a moment, Notre Dame helped that number against the midshipmen. Navy did allow 250 passing yards. That was a problem. Now, last year, Navy set a school record with 34 sacks, and they do return three starting defensive linemen, including left-hand Jacob Busick, who had six sacks last year, and nose guard Biscuit Berniard, who had 35 tackles up front for the midshipmen. Now, this could be a major challenge for the Fighting Irish offensive line. Again, keep in mind, Notre Dame will be starting two new offensive guards against Navy with a productive and experienced Navy defensive front. This could be a tad bit more of a challenge than you would anticipate knowing Notre Dame versus Navy through the years. So definitely something to keep an eye on early in the game. Is Navy getting penetration against the interior new-look Fighting Irish offensive line? And last year, by the way, the Irish against Navy, they ran the ball 34 times for 66 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. Also another reason to watch that matchup up front early on in the contest in Dublin. Now they do return a couple of good linebackers in Colin Ramos and Will Harbour. Ramos was the team's number two linebacker in terms of tackles last year. The biggest loss on defense, they now do not have the services of first-team AAC performer linebacker John Marshall. Now, Navy struggle against the pass last year. They returned their starting corners. Some would say that's a good thing. Some would say that's a bad thing. But Andrew Duhart and Mitby Williams are back at corner. And they also returned both starting safeties, Evian Gibbons and Rayan Lane. That's a look at the Navy defense. And now from a betting standpoint, Notre Dame and Navy. In games played in Ireland, Notre Dame versus Navy. Navy is 0-2 straight up and also 0-2 against the spread. The Notre Dame favorite role has been around 20 points for a while now in Las Vegas. In 1996, Notre Dame was favored by 16 points, and they won 54-27. to and the start of that magical run to the BCS title game in 2012 started across the pond against Navy. Notre Dame was favored by 14 points that day, and they routed the midshipmen 50-10. to 10. Now, the last 10 years on a neutral field, Navy is 8-9 and nine straight up and 11-6 and six against the spread, but 0-2, I should say 0-1 against the Irish during that 10-year span. And the last three season openers for Navy, they are 0-3 straight up and 0-3 against the spread. So there are some trends there that tell you Notre Dame laying 20 might be the appropriate play, but I'm not willing to go there as of yet. That's a look at the United States Naval Academy, the midshipmen and the Irish square off August the 26th in Dublin, 
2.30 kickoff, South Bend time, right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. More sports beat next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 556 at WSBT. Let's go back to our last program before vacation time last week. I asked you this question on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Is Indianapolis Colts retired quarterback Andrew Luck a pro football Hall of Famer? That will be voted on soon. 86 NFL games for Luck before that sudden retirement. 23,671 passing yards. Completed 60.8% of his throws. 171 touchdowns. 83 interceptions. This question was asked on the Dan Patrick Show, so I stole it from them because I found the results fascinating. It was lopsided. The national vote on the Dan Patrick Show heard here on WSBT Radio from 9 to noon weekdays. 11% said that Luck was a Pro Football Hall of Famer. 89% said no. That's a drastic separation. So I put it to the vote of the locals here in South Bend, a lot of Colts fans in this area. So the results of my poll on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat, kind of the same. 10% said yes, Luck is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. 90% said no, he is not a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Now, I am someone that believes you don't have to play a long time to go into a Hall of Fame. Dodgers legend Sandy Koufax did not have a long career, injury riddle, but when he played, he was elite. He was fantastic. Gail Sayers of the Chicago Bears, shortened by injury his career, but when he played, he was fantastic. As a Bronco fan, I felt the same way about Terrell Davis, a 2,000-yard rushing season. They all three are... Hall of Famers in their respective sports, but I do not believe Andrew Luck did enough during his career to be considered the best of the best and headed to Canton for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so I am definitely with the majority. Now to today's question, which went up earlier this afternoon on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. If you don't follow me, do so so you can take part in these questions. And here is today's question. Which team on the 2023 Notre Dame football schedule is most likely to make the college football playoffs? Ohio State, USC, Clemson, or none of them? Which team on the 23 Notre Dame football schedule is most likely to make the college football playoffs, which is still just four teams for one more year? Buckeyes, Trojans, Tigers, or the heck with all of them? None of them. Vote right now. Results tomorrow here on WSBT Radio. Sports Beat being brought to you by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you. Barnaby's, the family inn. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. By Bowlers Country Club, inviting everyone to their 38th annual corn and sausage roast 
this Saturday. And by our longtime title sponsor, Budweiser. For 13 years, Folds of Honor and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. More Notre Dame football talk coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. Coming up next, of course, you can hear Mishawaka Athletics on our Midwest Family Stations here in South Bend and the head coach of the basketball program on the boys' side of Mishawaka. Bodie Bender is going to join me in a few moments to talk about a rule change that could affect high school basketball games this year, plus details on how you can take part in a golf tournament coming up which will help support Mishawaka boys and girls basketball. Six o'clock at WSBT South Bend. Inbounds Jackson Snyder. Rasad Johnson will dribble up the clock. Three, two, one, it is over. The Mishawaka Cavemen for the first time since 1986 our boys basketball sectional champions. Indiana Hoosier hysteria is alive and well. Mishawaka wins it 77 to 68. Well, that was a great memory from earlier this year over at the LaPorte sectional. Brian Miller with the call here in our Midwest Family South Bend stations. Mishawaka Cabin football and basketball, of course, on our stations. And that was a very cool moment, as Brian mentioned, for the first time since 1986, Mishawaka won a boys basketball sectional, knocking off a very good Michigan City club. And the architect of that victory joins me right now. I guess since we're in July, we can now call him second year head coach of the Mishawaka Cayman boys basketball program. Bodie Bender, I got to imagine just hearing that highlight brings back some really good memories uh, and a couple of goosebumps. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, as you as you kind of brought us back in off the air there a little bit, uh, a lot of goosebumps uh, and uh, just brought back a bunch of memories on how our kids, uh, you know, ended a 37-year streak and, and just a very exciting. You know, I go back and listen to that. I go back and listen to the IHSA TV dot org um broadcast uh, i've done it a lot this summer and i've had to pinch myself a little bit because it still is kind of surreal um, but at some point i'm gonna have to give that up and start focusing on uh, 2023 and 2024 well it was a terrific run it was a great couple of weeks of hoosier hysteria for mishawaka fans and you know what coach you've got a pretty good nucleus of players coming back trying to do some great things this year i know it's hard to replace a point guard and Arthur Jones who did such a great job of, it seemed like getting the team off to a fast start offensively in those sectional games. He's tough to replace, but you've got a pretty good foundation. Yeah, we, we got a great foundation. We got seven seniors coming back. Um, and you know, you know, a lot of them with Rasan and Cooper and Brady and Trey and um, just a fun group. And for me, I think being the head coach is I just don't want to get these guys away. Just just put them out there and let them do what they do, and uh, hopefully they can carry us on most Friday and Saturday nights. It's interesting. I, I think back to running into most of the team after a late-season loss to an outstanding 
Penn Kingsman basketball team. And I said to each of them, it's time for a four-game winning streak. And that was facing St. Joe in the regular season finale and then winning three games in sectional to get that sectional title. Now I'm going to tie this all together because that St. Joe game is interesting. If you think back to how it all (laughs) transpired, Mishawaka had the lead going to the fourth. It was a comfortable lead. St. Joe battled back and then... The game just kind of went crazy from there, but a rule change this year in high school boys basketball could have affected the outcome of that Mishawaka-St. Joe game that Mishawaka ended up winning. Now, the rule change is this. Basically, like you've seen in women's college basketball, they're going to reset the fouls now after each quarter, and you get into the double bonus now on the fifth foul in each quarter. Now, what's interesting is, Coach, I guess the one in bonus free throws do not exist anymore under these new rules. Is that correct? Those are out. Yes, that's correct. So everything is, like you said, after five fouls, uh, two free throws uh, from there on out for the rest of the quarter. Hmm. I mentioned the St. Joe game because, Coach, they missed a lot of front-end and one-on-ones that really allowed you guys to have a chance to win that game. And under these rules, do you look at that game differently? Um, I would say under those rules, you look at it differently. Um, I would say if this rule came in last season um, with the five fouls, um, you know, they had their best player at the line in, in Kasesny, Um and he gave us a little bit of a gift by missing the front end of a one-on-one. Uh, I believe that was probably about under 30 seconds to go in a game. Am I correct? Sounds right. And we come down, we come down, call timeout, hit a three to tie it to take it to overtime and win. Uh, I think if you have these rules in last year, even if he misses the front end of the first one, he's going to hit the second one, which pretty much would have probably put it away from them, and they would have won the basketball game. Bodie so ben- yeah, I, I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a guy that I've got a you know I'm a visual learner so I want to see how some of these other coaches attack it throughout the season. Bodie Bender, Mishawaka basketball coach, is my guest. So you kind of answered one question I was going to ask your initial thoughts. L- let me try it a different way. It's hard to get into the head of the IHSA what their thinking is. Do you have a feel for why they have decided to go this route? I don't know if it's if it's I have no I have no idea why I don't know if it's a way of trying to speed up the basketball game which I don't know why we need to speed up high school basketball I mean we're done with games in an hour and 15 hour and a half um, and you know if you've got two great teams playing each other inside of a great atmosphere why do we want to speed that up um, you know these kids only get to play in front of those atmospheres for so long um, let's cherish those a little bit longer and and let's try to let's stop trying to make the games go faster. Hmm. It does seem like bringing in the double bonus after five fouls in each quarter, it does seem like it's going to lengthen the game. Even though if you miss the front end of a one and one, you're right back clock running. But you know there are times, coach, and depending on the way a game is officiated or the aggressiveness of a defense, you can see teams pick up five fouls in the first two minutes of a quarter so it it does seem like would it be fair to say that aggressive offensive teams might have an advantage with these new rules and does that change the way you think about your offense 
Yeah, it, I mean, it could. Um, you, you could see teams trying to drive the ball more, especially against teams that want to man more um, and, and try to get to the rim and, and cause a little bit more contact. I've also, you know, talked to other coaches, seen it on the flip side where, uh, you know, it might allow you to be a little bit physical defensively because, you know, you, you get, let's say you get seven fouls because it's such a physical game at the end of the first quarter. Well, you don't keep those going into the second quarter. So now it resets. It allows you to go back and start playing normal defense again, and you can be a little bit more. Hmm. So I've seen it from that side as well. Um, I, I guess sometimes it's just gonna it's just gonna depend on what kind of crew you get as well. Interesting, Bodie Bender, Mishawaka boys basketball coach, my guest here on WSBT Radio. I just think the one and one late in games adds a little of excitement and fair or not some pressure on the free throw shooter you got to make that first one to get the second one now when you think about who's your hysteria you're in sectionals the place is going crazy I think it does take a little pressure off the the young man at the free throw line getting that double bonus shot knowing that if you miss the first you've always got a chance to make that second one yeah I, I would agree with you uh you know and and it might have been a little bit different outcome for uh um you know, cavemen this this past spring a little bit, but I mean, I guess most of those came when we were in the double bonus. But um, so yeah, it, it's going to be a very interesting year on how that's going to be called. Is there anything else that's going to drastically change with high school basketball rules this year, Coach? Uh, we don't have the rule change, but after this season, we've got the reclassification uh, based on enrollment. Um, I, I don't know. Most people know that we are going to lose two teams out of our sectional with Plymouth and Riley. Um, they will move to the 3A side of basketball now. Um, I believe the count is if you have an enrollment of 1,400 or more. Um, so our sectional is going to change after this year. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how they align that. I'm not putting you on the spot. I'll just take my opinion. It just seems like, Coach, it would be a lot easier to take the big schools like they did in football and create a new class. That has worked extremely well, I think, in football. But I also understand if you add another class, then you probably have to go two days for the state basketball tournament. And I talked to someone who seems to know a lot of the ins and outs that the IHSA stores all their equipment in the the Pacers facility where the state tournament games are, and they only get one day of use, so they'd have to play at Butler or something. you got to move all the stuff. So it seems like it would be extra complicated to have a second day, but from a broadcaster's standpoint that enjoys high school sports, it just feels like with a lot of those big schools and Mishawaka having to face teams that might be double their enrollment, I'm not sure exactly that is what class basketball was meant to be. You don't have to say anything. I guess that's just kind of my my <laughs> random thought. But it uh, is. But to having a, you have to face a team double your size. That just seems not what class basketball was meant to be. Right, and I, and and some of the things that you are saying about IHSA storing their stuff at, at the Pacers facilities and, and so on and so forth, those were all things that were told to us in late April at the coaches clinic. Um, they also talked about how. The Pacers, because of using concessions, you have to go through the Pacers and, and who they use. Um, they don't want their people there for five straight games. Um, you know, they don't want their people there from 8 a.m. To, to almost midnight. So 
Um, that's what we were being told. I don't, I don't know how much uh, I may, you know, believe some of that stuff, um, but that's, I guess, for a different day. I guess last time I checked, it's about the kids and not about having right. some right. people being stressed out or, or stretched in their employment duties. It should be about the kids last time I checked, but that's right. probably right. A, a story we could talk about for days upon days. <laughs> All right. So that's pretty cool that, you know, we've got at least these rule changes, and we'll see if it changes the game. And I can't wait to talk to you after like 10 games to see if your strategy has changed at all with this new foul rule in effect. And is that boys and girls basketball will have this rule? That is that is both boys and girls. Yeah, that's correct. Hmm. Okay, very good. Now, speaking of boys and girls basketball at Mishawaka High School, Coach, you've got a golf tournament coming up on August the 20th, and it sounds like this golf tournament is all about raising funds for the boys and girls basketball programs at Mishawaka. Yeah, so we have a golf tournament, like you said, on Sunday, August 20th. Um, we are still, I know talking to Coach Blasco, we are still looking four to eight teams to get in it of a foursome. Um, it is $80 uh, per individual, 320 for a team. Um, that will include a buffet-style meal um, after you play. Um, so we'll, we'll have 7 a.m. check-in at 8 um, we also are still looking for some sponsors, whole sponsors, and then whole and banner sponsors. Um, if, if there are businesses out there that would like to be a sponsor, just for a whole, it's $100. If you would like a whole and then a banner at the entrance of where we're going to have this at Jude Creek Golf Course, um, that is $250. Um, and, and they can get a hold of me via email, my, my school email, which is bender at mishawaka.k12.in.us, or they can get a hold of Coach Blasco, which is Blasco C at Mishawaka.k12.in.us. Um, we are still looking for some of those sponsors as well. Um, and, yeah, we're just trying to raise as much money we can for both the boys and girls program. Hopefully this is the one big fundraiser for the year. Um, you know, and it allows us to do a lot of things. Uh, obviously, like every other um, program, to order equipment, order uniforms. Um, I know our guys – um, can eat a bunch throughout the year. So if we can buy extra snacks and extra food on road trips, um, I know we're playing a holiday tournament down at Kokomo this year. We may have to get some rooms to stay overnight. Um, all of that, you know, anything helps uh, towards our programs. Did we draw Kokomo in the first game? That's a problem with that big guy that might go to Duke. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we did not draw them in the first game. Uh, I do know that for a fact. Okay. So, we, yeah, we did not get them in the first game. Okay, so again, the golf tournament Sunday, August the 20th, Jude Creek, 7 a.m. check-in, and a shotgun start at 8 o'clock. And as Coach mentioned, yep. they can still accommodate four to eight more teams, 80 bucks per person, 320 per team, and again, supporting Mishawaka boys and girls basketball programs. I don't know how much you can say. I don't know about the rules of this, but can you at least dabble at all about what the schedule could look like for the Cayman basketball team this year? Yeah, our, our schedule hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, I know we got Victory Christian off of there. Um, we added Washington on the girls' sectional Saturday afternoon at the Cave. Hmm. Um, so very much looking forward to that. Um, but as far as our schedule and then adding the Kokomo tournament instead of the Honey. Um, that's the big change. Other than that, we, we really don't have much changes to our schedule. 
probably everything just flips home and away. Yeah, yep, correct, home and away, and uh, yeah, we go from there. Can I ask you a loaded question? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course, you can take the, the Fifth Amendment, but not mentioning Mishawaka. Take Mishawaka out of the equation. Penn was such a dominant basketball team in the area last year, making it to the Final Four, and Northwood winning a state championship, of course. Who do you think might be the dominant team or a couple of teams that could be really tough to handle this year in the area? Who might replace Penn and Northwood if they are going to be replaced? Oh, I think I think you look at a team like St. Joe, yeah. um, you know, with Kasesny, and then you've got uh, Coach Shrewsbury's uh, kid that's moved in, um, and I know they got another nice player that is coming in uh, to play at St. Joe. I think they're one team. Um, you know, and then I think I think you look at a team who, you know, I think at times during games last year we struggled with them in, bo- in the both games we played with them um, athletically at South Bend St. or South Bend Riley. Um, yeah. I think that's another team. They were very young last year. I know he played four, five sophomores. They're all coming back. I know, uh, looking through social media, they had a terrific summer. Um, you know, playing in some of these shootouts. Uh, so they're going to be a handful for us as well. And and a team that we could potentially see twice with, you know, going to the Kokomo tournament and playing them and then turn around and maybe seeing them in the sectional. So who knows? <laughs> oh, boy. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay, I figured St. Joe might be at the top of the list with Coach Shrewsbury's son, who is an outstanding player joining Kinesi. That's a, a very, very interesting team. And they had some you know good parts other than Kinesi on last year's team. Well, coach, right, right? They had the Brayshawn Lee, yeah, yeah. Brayshawn, and then and then Jace Lee go to Notre Dame to play baseball. So yeah, uh, that might be a game I let Steve Sheltra uh, go ahead and scout that <laughs> one for us. So. Glad, glad you didn't say me. I was going to say you're doomed. You got no chance, my friend, with me scouting. That's for sure. Well, coach, good to catch up with you. I had to get your take on this foul rule. I guess we'll readdress that. Your thoughts as we see a little game action here in a couple of months. But Sunday, August the 20th at Jude Creek. And if you didn't get those email addresses, if people want to contact me via Twitter or call Jude Creek, I know they'll put you in the right direction to be a part of the Mishawaka Boys and Girls Basketball Golf Outing at Jude Creek, August the 20th. That's a Sunday, and again, we're looking for four to eight more teams to fill out the field. Coach, good to be with you. Hope you enjoyed the Cubbies beating up on the Cardinals this weekend. And uh, (laughs) there you go. There's the laugh. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, hey, hopefully we'll talk to you real soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, Coach, be well. Bodie Bender, head coach of the Mishawaka Cayman basketball program, Sunday, August the 20th at Jude Creek. That is the important details if you'd like to support Mishawaka Athletics. 628 is our time. We'll talk some Notre Dame football, and we'll recap the big story of the weekend with the Irish landing a fantastic linebacker out of California for the class of 2024. Sportsbeat continues next on WS. Here is a swing and a drive toward left field and deep. Oh, boy. It is gone off the reservation. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. If anything travels that far, I'd have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'd just like to thank you for that waitress in South Bend. You know who she is. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. You can't put it on the ball! Yeah! 
It is 6.50 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett wrapping up this installment of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Afternoon baseball. The Detroit Tigers took down the San Francisco Giants at Comerica Park. This game was rained out earlier in the year. So for the Giants, their fourth stop on 11-day road trip in Detroit just to play this game. They looked a little sleepy as the Tigers took down the Giants by a score of 5-1. to one. Tariq Skubal bounce back start for Detroit. Five innings, two hits, no runs, nine strikeouts. Kerry Robinson from the cleanup spot drove in a couple of runs for Detroit. Spencer Torkelson had an RBI and former South Bend Cubs. Zach Short had a two-run home run in the eighth inning. Tigers over the Giants 5-1. Detroit will take on the L.A. Angels up in Detroit starting tomorrow. Cubs and White Sox are idle today. They will square off tomorrow in game one of a two-game series on the south side at Guaranteed Rate Field. Pitching matchup, Kyle Hendricks versus Michael Kopech. Hack with Jack is back and hosted by Sunny 101.5's Jack Riker, a big White Sox fan. It's a fun, casual charity golf outing, four-man scramble, happening Friday, August the 11th, beginning at 9 a.m. at Pipestone Creek Golf Club, benefiting the Boys and Girls Clubs of St. Joe County. Why? Because the Boys and Girls Clubs have a wait list of over 600 kids. It's important we rise up to help them meet the needs of our community, continue to eliminate the cost of child care for families, while also helping to form future leaders and great members of our community. Come support the Boys and Girls Club of St. Joe County at Hack with Jack. All levels of golfers are encouraged. Details and registration at our friends at Sunny1015.com. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. Our sports wagering segment, we go into Sizzler. With all the vacation days, not much action in the month of July, just five and three. For the month of July and for the year, though, very good. 223, 170, and four highlighted by a great June going 55, 26, and one. Let's start a brand new week. We've got four suggestions ready to go, and they're from Major League Baseball. We start with the Phillies and the Orioles from Philadelphia. How about those first place Baltimore Orioles? They've got the best record. In the American League, they have been great on the road as well. But hopefully not tonight. I'm backing the Philadelphia Phillies at home against Baltimore. Phillies on the money line at minus 125. Bet 10 to win 18 bucks. We've got the Reds and the Brewers meeting up in Milwaukee. The Brewers have dominated the Reds over the last month in this series. But tonight in Milwaukee... Things will change. The Reds against Brewers starter Colin Ray. They're hitting 333 with a .417 on base in 42 at-bats. It's time for the Reds to beat them. Reds on the money line at the Brewers at plus 105. We'll take the underdog and bet 10 to win $20.50. 
Also tonight, Rangers on the money line at the Astros at minus 120, about 10 to an 18.33. Jonathan Gray starts for the Rangers against the Astros. 59 at-bats. The Strohs are hitting just 220 with a 313 on base. Alex Bregman's 0 for 10. Kyle Tucker 0 for 13 against Jonathan Gray. And with Adam Wainwright pitching, I'm going Diamondbacks on the money line at a great price at minus 135. You bet 10 to win 1740. Sports Beat tonight brought to you by Budweiser for 13 years, Folds of Honor, and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Barnaby's of Mishawakan Granger now with three locations to serve you. Barnaby's the family in the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. Bowlers Country Club, inviting everyone to their 38th annual corn and sausage roast this Saturday. And Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 5 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Check this out. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.